We should yeah. be on the balancing team. We should. Why aren't we? Why haven't they called us well, yet? Well, we don't live in Montreal. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, what we like about Siege. What we don't like about Siege. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. He only talks about what he doesn't like about Siege. Well, yeah. So when we first did it, Ryan just paused after that first time. Well, so the we second that, time like, we did that. three or four times with me doing it, and then I just like stopped once and you did it. Yeah. That's then you happened. became the guy who only talks about what he doesn't like about Siege. Correct. Which I didn't realize until somebody pointed that out recently, and I was like, oh yeah, that's funny. Uh, anyway, um, guess what, guys? What's it called? What's that operation called? Operation Flashbang Phantom Sight. Thing. Phantom Sight. Is... <laughs> operation Flashbang. Operation Phantom Sight is now on that good old test server. We've played it. It is. We have played it. We and have. it has gotten updates and updates and updates every single day. So we'll talk about that, some impressions on that stuff, and then uh, other random thoughts and things. Pretty much, right? It's, that sounds like unrenowned. All right. Do you want to hop into uh, our impressions on the operators first or on good old Cafe Dostoevsky? Let's start with the operators because I, I feel like Cafe Dostoevsky is going to be more fun to talk about. That's true because I loved Cafe Dostoevsky. Um, you loved or you loved? Love, love and loved. Both. Okay. Uh, Warden. First of all, the dude runs like a maniac. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> If you haven't seen this yet, it's like, so all the other operators have the same run, the same sprint, more or less. He, like, has this unique one where he holds his gun in his right arm, like, pointed up at the ceiling. And, like, he's running with his arms separate, as opposed to all the other ones, like, they're holding their gun with their with both hands and, and sprinting. Mm-hmm. But he's just, like, pointing his little SMG up in the at the ceiling and, like, running with his other arm, like, in a fist like you would normally run. And it just looks so awkward. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, like, the animation is really bad. Yeah, the it also like covers half of your screen at the same time. Yeah, so, like it's, it's yeah. kind of a problem of like it's another not another, but it's uh what's that called? Like a con, like a like a nerf or like a yeah a weakness, a weakness to another weakness toward and like fling him, and you have to like now when you're sprinting. First of all, you're slow and fat, but also you can't see half the screen anymore. So it's like kind of annoying. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's just like really weird. Like it the first time I sprinted with him, I just like immediately was like, What is happening here? This is like he just looks so weird. Yeah. But so yeah. Th- that's that. Uh apart from that, how do you feel about him as he fits into the game? I I still think that kind of what we said before, he's going to be strong in certain locations. Like some operators are just strong in certain locations, and yep. other ones are not that good. Castle was one of them. Right. Um, I think he can be good anywhere, but he's going to be really strong in bank basement, like the any garage objective, consulate garage. Yeah. Um, what's that map chalet garage? Those are where he's going to be really strong, and that's anywhere where where there's a lot of smokes. I think right. is where he'll excel the most. And I think um, those are the ones that are like where smoke plants are. They happen every game. They're in the same spot pretty much all the time. Yeah. So when we played, we only played canal. I mean, cafe. We didn't um, hop into like the actual regular playlist because we were just trying to learn cafe. And we, we did ranked. Did we? We did. What, we did what the map three on rotation, remember? Oh, we did do the three on rotation. What map did we play? We played Villa. Um, Villa. Okay, which is not a, a smoke heavy map, really. No. Um, but anyway, like my point was, I I never actually got to use his 
his visor once that it made any difference. Yeah. So it's hard to say like whether or not it makes a difference. The thing is like, I think that flashbangs are so easy to avoid as it is anyway, like against blitz, it would certainly make a difference. Um, but like even against, uh, ying, it's so easy just to turn around and not get flashed, you know, yeah. or look at the ground or the ceiling or whatever. And like, and that's something that's always annoying me about video games is like how weak flashbangs are. Cause you can just turn around and suddenly it doesn't do anything, which is so stupid. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's and, just a, such an underwhelming ability. Yeah. They did change that for siege for a small time. I remember they buffed flashbangs like heavily. So it used to be in the siege first came out. You could turn around and the flashbang wouldn't do anything. And when you threw it, it would like hit the ground and like it would have this fuse and it would finally go off. Right. And then they changed it where it goes off like pretty much immediately after you throw it and it touches something, it goes off. Mm -hmm. And the flash was like big enough where if you were around it, it would flash you. And so I would play Buck with flashes and it would be like, it was amazing. Like the stuff you could do with it because just like you could, you knew someone was somewhere, you just throw a flashbang at them and just go right in. They they were screwed. There was nothing they could do. Yeah. Because they were completely blind. Um, but I think, yeah, like what you were saying, like you can just avoid flashbangs right now at the point that they're at, just turn around or not look at it. Candela's most of the time you can avoid them. Sometimes they get you, but and I could see that being helpful with them because Ying a lot of times will go in very confidently after putting in a Candela. Right. So you can still be watching the window that she put it on and then shoot her as she comes in. Um, but it, other it's, than that, it, like. I mean, like and that's we said, if Ying's playing on the other team, which she isn't most of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Like we said that, like there's certain like uh, sites where there's smoke, and I think in the I think with smoke, it's much more interesting. Um, but I like I just don't think that flashbangs happen enough round to round that it makes a difference. At least again, like everything that we say is at our like not very good at this game level, right? Like yeah. we are unrenowned. Well, when like flashbangs are mostly used, even in pro league, they're used most of the time to burn a ADS. Like. 90% of the time, not 90% of the time, this is a random statistic, but most of the time flashbangs are just thrown to burn an ADS so someone could throw a frag or something else or a smoke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, like, it's it's kind of hard for me to judge flashbangs because I never use them. Like, on attack, I there's I if if I have an option between flashbangs and, like, breach charges or claymores, I, like, I will always take the other one. Um, the only time I would take a flashbang is if my option was, like, flashbangs versus smokes. Uh and I just don't play very many of those operators very often. So like, I just, I don't ever carry flashbangs. So it's yeah. just not really like, I think when I do have them, I forget that I have them because I'm not used to having them. And yeah. so like, just that's kind of like my feelings on flashbangs are sort of a function of the operators that I pick. Yeah. Another random note on Morden. So we talked about last podcast, how his, his diffuse, his timer for his gadget, his cooldown. You'd use it, and as soon as yeah. you use it, it would go down to the very beginning. It would do a full cooldown and come back up. And then we talked about Kaver and Vigils and how it works. We had to go step away and check, and then Chris was right. Next day, there I am playing the test server as soon as it comes out, and I'm playing Kavera, and I like I use her ability and I turn it off. I'm like, wait a second. I can turn it on right away. Like, what happened? And the next like test server patch notes come up. They're like, we changed Kavera and Vigils thing, so you can turn it on and turn it off whenever you want. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like, there we were talking about it and, like, not deciding what it was. It was both. It was a PP coming out. It was both. Yeah. So Ryan was really in touch with the PP there, and I was still <laughs> back in old Siege. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they they completely flipped the script, and now I'm right. So suck it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it makes sense, because I wonder if they said something like that in the thing, and that's what you're remembering, is mm-hmm. they said something about that, and that's what you thought it was from that. Yeah, because the way they described it, they're like... 
Well, they were talking about not uh, Warden, but about Nook. And the way they described it uh, was was very different from the way the Cav works. And I was assuming that it was the same as Cav. But anyway, so yeah, now like, so down to 20% is what they said, right? Yes. So yeah. like if you get under 20%, it's going to have to, it's going to have to recharge back to full yeah. before you can flip it on again. Yeah. But if you use, if you turn it off before that 20% left mark, then you can pop it back on any time and it'll start yeah. recharging. So that's cool. Okay. So I think we're ready to move on to Nook. Nucky girl. Which, okay. So we asked our Danish friend who yeah. natively speaks Danish how to pronounce Nook. And he said Nauk. Yeah. So he looked at it and he goes Nauk. So it That's might be Nauk, but I'm I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna go with like Nook. I'm gonna go with Nook. I'm just saying how they say it. Okay, yeah, Nook. Let's stick with Nook. Yeah, until somebody tells us otherwise. It's something's gonna pop up on the Siege subreddit and be like, I actually speak Danish and this is wrong. It's pronounced Nauk, which and that's then fine. Half the people are gonna switch to the half the people are still gonna say Nook, and then. Well, that's fine because I'm you're sure you're gonna have your knockers in there. If you ask some of these Danish people how to pronounce Thermite, I'm sure a lot of them don't pronounce it right. Oh yeah, that's you probably know? true. So like. You had the people that say Montagna, and we all say Montaigne. Yeah. So people are going to just, they're, they're going to put their own spin on it. Um, I'm waiting for someone to start pronouncing it Wardeen. Wardeen. Who did we, there was, oh, there was someone, we were playing the other day, and someone pronounced somebody's name way funny. I think it was Dokabee, but I forgot what they said. They said, they said something way funny. And um, we like both was laughed. I there? Like, are you serious? Yeah, I you do not there. remember this. We It was some random person in the game, and they pronounced, maybe it was I don't remember. Anyway, they they pronounced it like Dukanakatabi or something, and we're like, what? <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound familiar. But anyway, on to Nook. Um, so Nook seems cool, although I don't actually remember if I ever got to play her. Really? Uh, thinking about it, like, uh, I might have gotten her like once or twice, maybe, but like I can't remember actually ever having her. Like everybody was racing for Nook all the time. I definitely played her because I remember playing with her Deagle. I, I remember using her ability. She so I played a little bit today just for fun. This is a week after the test server came out, and Warden actually on defense, people weren't picking him. Like really, he'd sit there unpicked for like the first thirty-five seconds, and someone would like switch to him, and then we played a couple rounds where nobody picked him. Yeah, well, that's how I felt like when we were playing, which was like the second first day, first day the test mm-hmm. server was out. It was that like it was really easy for me to get Warden, but I again, I don't think I ever got. Yeah, Nook. and Nook was still the same. She was still clicked on like right away. Yeah, and. I think her ability is very strong, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. It's way good. And she's fun to play, too. Like, you feel invisible, and it gives you, like, a kind of false sense of security. She's like, wait, how'd that guy see me? And you realize, like, well, I'm not actually invisible. Right. Like, that, that's part of the problem I have with Vigil, is, like, I turn on his ability, and I, like, I feel like I'm invisible. And obviously, if I played him more, like, that would go away. But it's just, like, that's why it feels so underwhelming and boring to me. It's because I turn it on, and I feel like it doesn't give me any advantage. Yeah. It, she gives actually Echo like a kind of nice buff because if she's playing all the time and you can start playing Echo more and more, you have a lot more power as Echo. Well, not like a lot more power, but you are now one of the only people in the game that can see that she's right. there. Right. Yeah. Um. It, it was really cool to um spectating like when I was dead when there was a nook around because then it was like a fun game of like okay I saw her here like she was going this direction and then like cycling cameras and trying to find like, okay, where did she go? This is where she probably went. And then like finding the echo drone that's getting the signal jammer thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, she's somewhere around this echo drone. Like it became this fun new game that like doesn't normally exist as a spectator, which was cool. Yeah. And then like me being the maestro main, it was like, it was sort of terrifying. Right. Because like 
I'm on my evil eyes. And like what I'll typically do is I'll put my evil eyes usually where they kind of like see each other. So I can kind of have mm-hmm. two angles on people and like ping them a little bit with one and they start looking at that. And I turn to the other one and ping them with that one. Like I can get a lot of damage out of that and just like slow people down a lot. And then I'll have myself somewhere sort of within that vision range so I can kind of keep track if somebody's coming up to my character model. But with Nook there, it's just like she could be on me right now. I have mm-hmm. no idea. You know, I'm like she could have walked right by my camera. So that was like a really interesting little wrinkle. The funny thing is, too, like, she, it's weird that being Nook, you can be somewhere and it's smarter for you to leave the camera there and not shoot it out. Yeah. It's in the know you're there. Right. Like, just walk right by it and you can walk right into there. I And I want to try rushing with Nook sometime, like, just walking right up. So do I. Because it would be really fun just to get in there and like, wait, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, just like rush straight in. I, I really, really want to try that. Um, especially, like, having, like, an Ash or somebody, like, open a barricade mm-hmm. for you, like, from afar. So you can just run straight in and like nobody really sees you coming. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be really cool. Um, the other thing I really want to do with Nook is I just want to like walk up to evil eyes that are that are like that somebody's sitting on and just like a cloak and then like decloak in front of it and just freak people out. Like, <laughs> I just want to do that. I just want to like scare I, people. I want to be on the receiving end of that. Yeah. So I'd like, I think funny. that'd be super fun. Um, but yeah, she seems really, really good. And again, I didn't really get to play her, but playing against her was like she made me think yeah uh in a new way which like that's what the operators i think are super interesting yeah she i can see myself not maining her but playing her frequently um which is different from any of the new operators that have come out in a while so yeah the and the last one that i even thought that with was probably maestro and that turned out to be true cuz he's <laughs> just a freaking goal um but yeah like nobody else I think, and the last one before Meister that like really piqued my interest, I think, was Mira, and so that was like okay. a pretty long time before Meister. I think I think it was like a year, but I think um, I wanted to start playing Nomad a lot because I thought she looked really cool. But then I just never like, I don't know, I just never never worked out with her. That trailer like video where she knocks that castle off the roof that seemed so cool, yeah. but just like to make that actually happen is just near impossible. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I, I could feel like maybe if I played her a lot more, I can make her more useful. Like, and the idea of like pushing somebody through a soft wall is so cool. But, um, yeah, I, I just haven't, maybe I just haven't committed enough to her, but yeah, Nook seems like she's right in that sweet spot of like, looks really cool. And also I think she's going to be really powerful. Yes, I agree with that. I, yeah, I'm excited to see her played. And, and I said this before about Nomad too, about just seeing her played in pro league. I'm excited to see that used because i think it's gonna be fun yeah it will be fun and but we have to wait a whole season for that right because they yeah. don't get their operators for a while yeah so wait, who's coming in right now uh who are the last mozzie and gridlock oh, and gridlock mozzie will be a really interesting yeah for pro league um cool okay so uh let's talk about cafe cafe dostoevsky okay so first of all here's my complaint this is not about cafe but about the freaking um, discovery playlist. Why is it casual rules? Why can I not vote for my spawn? Like when I'm trying to learn the map, that is when it's most crucial to vote for spawns. And especially now that we have the the play three on attack, play three on defense Mm -hmm. mode, like it would be so much easier to learn these and to experiment on these maps with the ranked rule set. Like please Ubisoft, if you are listening to this, like podcast power, and I invoke you right now. Like this needs to happen. It doesn't have to be like actual ranked, but just the ranked rule set. 
Yeah. And even if it's a 3.30 timer, just at least give yeah. me the vote ma- vote spawns and uh, three-round rotation. Like that, I think that would make it so much better. Yeah, that's the perfect recipe to learning a map or understanding a new map is playing it where you can vote for your spawn location. And I'm I'm still baffled that when they first removed random spawn locations, it was to help new players learn the maps better. <laughs> yes, that's what they said. So wrong in so many ways. Just is false. Yeah. And it does not work well. I mean, th- okay, so... The most recent new map is Outback, right? Mm-hmm. Outback is a little bit mazy inside, right? Like it, like once you figure it out, it's fine. But it's it's pretty large, and like, it, like there's a lot of connections between rooms that you don't really expect, mm-hmm. right? And so like it's kind of easy to get turned around. Um, imagine on Outback spawning. If you play casually, you already know. Like just spawning in a random spot every time, and like having no idea how that connects to the last place you spawned. Yeah. Right. And not being able to say, no, okay, I'm going to figure out objective X. Right. And that's the one that we're going to learn. And just voting that and voting that and voting that every time until you got it. And then by then, like, you know, the spots around that enough that once you vote for the next one that's closest, then you're going to recognize those same connections. Right. Like, I don't understand how they could possibly think that spawning randomly helps players learn the map. It doesn't. It's stupid. Yes. So that's my rant. Okay. So that stuff aside, please, please, again. Uh, ranked rules on discovery playlist now that aside canal or the new <laughs> i cannot get these maps straight i'm actually more excited for canal now like now that we have cafe yes i'm just so excited for canal rework to come out because cafe is so good right yeah cafe's great and now it's like i love canal too and i haven't played canal in so long so i just don't play casual and when i do play casual i'm playing between 20 different maps so my chances of playing canal in a given month is like one in 1000 exactly <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like Clubhouse, uh, Cafe is suddenly way, way better and it's not at all like unrecognizable. You don't mm-hmm. feel lost at any point that you're on it. Like it it just feels better. Everything about it just feels better. And it like unlike the new Hereford where you're just like, man, I kind of just miss old Hereford now. Like some of this is cool, but I kind of just miss old Hereford. Uh, this is just like I don't think anybody's ever going to be saying like, oh, man, I wish we could go back to old Cafe. Yeah, not at all. You know what I mean? I've, I've, this is much better. And they kept the aesthetic the same. There's no, there is no place that I've gone on that map and gotten lost except for in the kitchen where I've gotten like kind of turned around. Right. Cause the first floor is different mm-hmm. and I've gotten kind of turned around in the kitchen, but, and it's quick. I quickly find my way like where I am. Right. But I never get lost. Like mm-hmm. very rarely do I get lost. Anyway, it's amazing because the map's the same. I still understand it. It still plays pretty much the same. I've noticed that third floor now is actually very important to have like yeah. i noticed when we lose third floor is either defense or attack like that's bad like if the defense has third floor you're gonna lose on attack and if you have third floor as an attacker you're gonna have a really high advantage over yeah the defense. it seems i mean i think in most maps it's important to control like the top floor mm-hmm. usually or at least the floor like right above the objective but like it feels especially important in, in cafe and i think it's partly because there's like those big look downs onto mm-hmm. the second floor um, and there's just so much soft floor up there, especially now. Because there's, is there more soft floor? I guess there's not, but the same. The it's just I think it is just those look downs because you can, like, I feel like now attackers are coming in on the third floor more often because you yeah. have the second trap door. Now you have another window up there. It's different, it's so protected. it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. So people want to go up there, right? Um, but also you have that look down, the, like the extended balcony over there. You can kind of see in the mining room a little bit. 
Yeah. And so before on third floor, you had either red stairs or white stairs that you're going to go down to try to flank. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you could hop Patches. over the balcony and really be heard. But now it's like you can go on the side of that balcony and actually do something to someone. Yes. Or drop down there and go down those stairs that go like right into kitchen, basically. Yeah. Like third floor, so, you can get around now. Yeah, that was an interesting spot. So, oh, okay. So, so random side note before I get on this other point. They took out a lot more windows than I expected. Mm-hmm. And that even that I could tell from like the walkthroughs and the videos and stuff, like there are a lot of exterior windows that have been shut down, Mm -hmm. um, which is really, really good. I feel like there's just fewer angles um, for defenders to have to worry about that are just silly and stuff. And then fewer spawn peaks. Yes. They added like a, so on that door that was in the pillar room that you Mm -hmm. would go out, people would run out there and always spawn peak. They added this like blue, like siding there. Yep. That kind of extends. So now you're like spotted before you're spawn peaking. It's so great. Right. And some people are like complaining like, oh, they shouldn't have put that there. And I was like, no, that's good. It's not spawn peaking. You're like, well, yeah, I love that spawn peak. It's like, like, good. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's so annoying. (laughs) I hate it. Um, but, but so right there, there, um, on that door, there was that big window. Um, and like the angle you're talking about from that, um, from that balcony or the mezzanine where you can look down into mining room. You used to have a very similar angle from that window where you could hang off mm-hmm. the window and like see in there. And like, I only discovered that like pretty recently and I felt really dumb, but like, I just never really connected like that window with that, that yeah. objective that's so far away. And so like when I, once I realized that I was like, Oh, that's a great spot for like a glass to hang out and like have this like amazing angle, like all the way down to mining room and like right where people peek out from like that corner where the mirror window always is. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it is a really good spot as long as somebody doesn't just flank you and kill you, which is actually really easy to do. But, like, it's now there's this this interesting new mezzanine spot where it's, like, it's not quite as good of an angle, but, like, but you're more free to, like, move around and, like, yeah. make something out of it rather than just being, like, hanging on a window where you're really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's super, super interesting. Yeah. Also, on that second floor, because they moved those stairs, it makes breaching into library kind of different now where, like there's that whole soft wall that was at where the old stairs were, mm-hmm. but it was never really breached because like it was hard to get in there. But now it's like those stairs have moved. So that whole wall is like, it's regular floor there. Right. So now you can breach into that and walk in and attack library in a different way, which is now an objective on yeah. defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, that spot more than anything else threw me off so many times, mm-hmm. just like turning that corner. And even though I knew the stairs weren't there, just like seeing so much open space, yeah. like it just like, Whoa, like, <laughs> where am I? And it was like really weird, but um, uh, up up top, I love the new hatch area, and and like just both those mezzanine things. I feel like that makes that that objective so much more dynamic, especially mm-hmm. for attackers, but also for defenders because they can rotate a lot better and stuff. But like for attackers, it just actually gives you a way in that I feel like is is effective. And just like you know, I was playing fuse, and there's like this extra hatch up there to nuke now, and then like. You can sort of use that to like push people away while you can drop in the other hatch and like push in through the stair door or whatever. And then like walking in through that stair door and having an option of where to go instead of just being like funneled into this death zone. Mm-hmm. But also like coming into that that top of red uh, red stairs door. And like the, I remember the first time I came up there, I like I was I think I was like chasing somebody and I walked in and I was like, I realized like, oh, yeah, there's this whole open space to my left where there could be people. And I had to like fall back for a second, and like slow down. And I, I added dimension of another direction there was like super impactful. I remember the first time I went up those red stairs. I didn't really know that you could walk over there from like I, I did, but I didn't. And so like I walked up and I was I turned right and like obviously was looking to where the people were going to be. Right. 
and I'm like walking backwards to hit that wall, and like there's no wall, and I keep walking. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's <laughs> all open. Yeah, <laughs> that was scary. Uh, I actually would have been really interesting to put. Uh, I guess claymores on attack. If there are claymores on defense, that'd be a really good claymore spot because people would be like a frost trap, never looking that way. Oh yeah, now we're gonna walk backwards into it. Oh, that's a good idea. Try that. We should we should do it's that when it goes live. Like, next couple of weeks but yeah but. when it goes okay guys unrenowned people when it goes live put a frost trap there just to the left of of that top of the red stairs door and i think you'll catch people i think you will yeah um also what was like really cool was the little like cigar closet thing that has that hatch in it you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. it's that so if you don't it's that little like teeny tiny room just in front of the red stairs door that like it's just the one door you walk in there's a bunch of shelves and there's a hatch that suddenly became like useful right yeah. because before it was just like if you were in there it was because you really made a mistake and you got screwed and you had yeah. nowhere else to go yeah and now it's just like that's kind of a cool spot to like go in like get an angle for a second or something and then like have a, a like an option to drop down and get out of there or like i used it on defense as like a like i think i i sat there as a maestro while i was on my evil eyes and then once i saw them like i had an evil eye right near the top of that register's door and so once they came in i just like popped it open with my um bailiff and just like flanked them. And you could do that, I guess, before too. Yeah. But for some reason, like, I guess just because they would come in that more often and not just be like right there, right on top of you already. Like they would have other things to worry about. Right. Um, so like suddenly that became a playable portion of the map where before I felt like it was just like kind of dead space. Yeah. They also changed the music on the third floor, I believe. So they talked about it was getting new beats. And I don't know if that was the music that kind of plays in the map's loading. Cause that sounded the same to me, but I think the music is different. Like on the third floor where there's those speakers in the piano room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's if you care, <laughs> new music, <laughs> new musicals. Um, so I think we kind of covered the second floor. There's not really much different there. I guess the new objective, like, what did you think about that? Yeah, I played it a couple times. I didn't play it super often. So same. That's the problem with not being able to vote <laughs> for your spawn location. Right. Exactly. Um, so I don't really know, but, it seems like it's fun. It's it's hard to play because it was really hard. You're defending two between a hallway that's that's contested. very yeah, very like a very busy hallway, and then also like the train room with the fireplace entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like people defenders tended to focus a lot more on the reading room, yeah, and then like they would lose the fireplace room like really quickly. Yeah. And not really be able to do anything about it. Um, I'm interested to see, like, as people start learning, like, what holes to open up and where to put traps and things to, like, help uh, stop that. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have for the second floor. For the first floor, they took out, so on the bakery objective, you'd always plant that one door, right? And then you'd have people running out of that window over there and trying to kill you, right? Uh-huh, the, you're talking about planting the defense, the diffuser uh-huh. on that main door, and then main door, and then yeah. backing out, and they always <clears throat> come out that one window and try to flank you. Yep, doing that running out. Yep, they took that window out, so now you can like safely enter that door there. And then the is other- there still the window that's on the same wall as that main door? No, that's the one they took out. Okay, but they also took out one of the windows uh-huh. on the corner. Yep. So it's nice because you can kind of more confidently enter. And they took out the window that's like mm-hmm. in the serving room and the prep room. Yep, in the prep room. They took that one out. I so hate now, that window. I've always hated that yeah. window. It's the worst window. There's that stupid it's truck. It's on defense and attack. And, yeah, and like it's oh, it's so annoying because like when you're attacking it, and like even if you're trying to be really careful about it, there's a stupid door on the other mm-hmm. end, and people are always like camping for no reason other than because you're going to be there at that window, and it's yes. just uh, it was so annoying. I'm so glad it's gone. Yeah. 
So that's nice because you can attack that door now and not have to worry about the runouts, which I think they don't like in the game. They don't like the runouts and running around. So they've eliminated those, and those were big runouts on that map. Uh-huh. And so now you can attack that door, and that door is like an actual attacking. Like it's not like it was before. Where they'd sometimes they'd reinforce that wall because they're stupid. But like now it's like you're contesting that because they can kind of be hidden in that room that's to the side that used to be the whole bakery, but now it's a separate room and they can be in the prep room where the prep room's kind of bigger and kind of part of the kitchen. The kitchen's huge. So yeah, I don't know. It's more of a contested location and more of a fun fight instead of am I going to get peaked from one of these two sides? Yeah. Um, I I was playing Echo one time in that kitchen and there was like 25 seconds left or something. I was me versus two. And I just like, I was kind of hidden in the kitchen, but not really. I was just kind of behind a counter and like 25 seconds left there coming in from the bakery. So I just got up and I sprinted like kind of, I hopped over like the free, there's like a freezer kind of opening now. Yeah. I guess like the like little half window that goes into yeah. the freezer. Yeah. So I hopped into there and like went behind it, like a counter in there. I kind of hid myself where like people just aren't really used to the map. They don't really know where to look anymore. Yeah. And so like. I hid myself there and there was like 10 seconds left and they start to plant. And like, I let her plant for a little bit and then I hit her Then she starts to plant again. And I let her plant for a little bit and I hit her and I win the game. And they're like, where were you? I was, like, I was just hiding in the freezer. <laughs> I was like, hiding. Yeah. <laughs> like I was in the kitchen the whole time, but I just ran away a little further in the kitchen. That's awesome. It's funny. Um, it's, it only works because they didn't know where to look, right? Like they right. didn't know, like, is there a counter here or not? Right. So they moved that hatch just a tiny bit. That's in the fireplace room that drops into the freezer. Does that still drop into the freezer? Or does it drop somewhere else in the know. kitchen now? Like, they didn't move it far. It's like they moved it from, like, right in front of the bomb to, like, around the corner of the table. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume it still drops in the kitchen. I just noticed that when I was in there because, like, it was always in kind of a weird spot. Because if you breached that wall at the, like, landing of white stairs, mm-hmm. then it was, like, right in front of you. So it was really easy for somebody to, like, open that up and sort of, like, not, like, uh, like make it really difficult to get into the room once you breach the wall. Because, like, there's a hole right in front of you. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, that pretty much covers cafe, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's other like really random little, I guess we'll go over the patch notes. Should we do that? Yeah. Let's go over some test server patch notes. So we'll start with the first one. Um, I guess one thing you wanted to point out first was about the recruits and the random operator button in ranked. Oh yeah. So we talked about in the podcast a long time ago when someone asked about a random button, we were like, there shouldn't be one, but if there is, it shouldn't be in ranked because there's no reason to pick a random operator in ranked. And when they implemented this, the recruit and the random button are both gone from ranked play. So you yeah. can't pick recruit and ranked anymore, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good because all that was was like messing with the balance a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. recruit can pick random um, uh, combinations of weapons and gadgets that aren't really intended to be in the game. Yeah. Um, and of course, he doesn't have an ability, but but still. And then it was just like you'd have the other team going all recruits, and you, they were just, it was just annoying. It was like, play. So that's good. Although, like, I mean, random still exists in ranked, right? If you just don't choose an operator, you're going to get a random operator. Yes. So in some ways, it's like, you might as well have just left the random button in, because now we're just going to have to wait for people to click yeah, random. I, guess so. I, I don't know. I guess it's good to, like, to sort of signal that, like, it's, yeah, this it's isn't the Discouraging intended. that action. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just not encouraging it. Right. Well, it's discouraging, I think. Yeah. Because you're not providing, like, a way to do it. Um, okay. So, like, so let's go through these other updates. We'll try to just pick out the important ones. One thing is, for casual, the diffuser icon now shows up next to who, next to whom? 
little grammar Nazi there. The diffuser is assigned to on the ready screen. So when, if nobody, wait, no, can you can pick up the diffuser in casual. You can't. It's randomly assigned all the time. That's stupid. I forgot about that. But now it will show you on the ready screen who's going to have that. So it's mm-hmm. not a mystery. You spawn with it and don't realize you have it or whatever. Uh, so that's really, really good. Yep. Also in ranked now, if you no one picks it up, it shows who it randomly assigned it to. And before it wouldn't show, you'd just oh, great. have to guess. Great. Yeah, we, we had talked about before, like, it should show who has it on this screen. No, that's no. great. Yes, that is good. Just ran it before we keep reading the patch notes. One of the things that wasn't mentioned in the patch notes is they have updated. So if you're like playing the game, you're trying to pick an operator and you're scrolling over the operators, mm-hmm. they've added when your mouse hovers over one of the operators, it adds like their name on the bottom. It shows up of what the operator's name is. So it's just kind of nice. You can like scroll around. I mean, I know all the pictures, obviously, but you can just scroll around them yeah. and see their name pop up underneath. That's the cool. Also, there's like a new like subtle animation when you scroll over. Did you notice this or like... I hope I'm not confusing it with something else, but I feel like when I was hovering over them, there was sort of like a, like a light focus that went on that, on the icon. Possible. And I, I kind of moved around. Um, anyway, also like the menu for, uh, for Phantom Sight is really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. They're like, <laughs> with the lights coming yeah. on. I, they said that they fixed the, in the original patch notes, they said they made it so the menus are faster when you're trying to do attachments and stuff. And they're not like they're not noticeably faster. I would not if they didn't say anything. I wouldn't have noticed that they're faster at all because they're the same. It's still like you click on it, you see the little six thing and loading, and then it pops up, and then I don't know why it loads. Like, what is it loading? Why? Like, you know, that's a bummer. It shouldn't take so long. They need to fix that more. Yeah. Other than that, this is all pretty much bug fixes, which I I think almost all of it is uh, bug specific to the test server. Mm-hmm. but I wonder if like this engine is just not really designed for what they're making it do. Cause I feel like siege is very different in 2019 than what they thought it would be in 2015. Yeah. Um, and, and probably from what they thought it would be when they started making the game, uh, which we know used to be rainbow six Patriots. Right. So like this yeah. was a long time ago that they started this thing. So like just, just like random, I'm just because of this kind of stuff, I'm like kind of excited for siege Two whenever that inevitably is announced. Because I feel like the first thing they're going to do is build an engine that's optimized for what Siege is. Yeah. You know? Um, also, do you think Siege 2 will have Siege in the name or will it be like Ghost Recon, whatever this new one is? What was it called? Ghost Recon. Do you remember? I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, it doesn't have the name Wildlands anywhere in it. Do you think it's going to be like Rainbow Six? Well, it's. it's- Oh, I like, guess. Like, it'll obviously have Rainbow Six, but do you think it's going to okay. be Rainbow Six yeah. Siege 2 or Rainbow Six Siege Super or Super Siege or something? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like Rainbow Six. Something else. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. That's a good question. I, like, I feel like the the name Siege has a lot of power in it now. Mm-hmm. But also, there's like a certain excitement or like... I think they should stick with Siege 2. I don't know. I think Rainbow they should. Rainbow Six Siege 2. It might sound silly, but it's people know what it is. Like instead of like Rainbow Six Siege is a big game now. Yeah, and it's like if, and I guess there was Rainbow Six Vegas too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and Vegas was a powerful name at the time, and they used it again, so maybe they will. Yeah. But so that's your bet, huh? I I hope they do. I'll I'll take the bet that they don't. Okay. We'll um, see in twenty twenty one. 
So I think that's pretty okay. much it for the first uh, test server patch notes. And then the next one, they have an update on the exploits. So for Clash and IQ and the deployable shields, they basically said they added fail-safes where like, if the game detects that somebody replicated the glitch, then it will just kind of like reset it. Mm-hmm. One of them, I believe it flashes. It just doesn't let you shoot, I think. So, oh no, which one is it? Transfer for the deployable shields so that it doesn't allow the player to shoot and then it'll be automatically deployed on the ground after two seconds. I think it'd be funny if they just made it. It's like, you can do it, but you can't shoot if you do it. You're just going to screw yourself over. So I, th- I think that's the best. Like, they think they're invincible and super, super good, but they actually realize, like, I screwed myself over. Especially for those exploits that are like, you really had to try to do this. Like, mm-hmm. you made this happen on purpose. I just love the idea of giving somebody a super harsh punishment, even if it's not like a ban or something, just like, yeah, you're not going to have fun playing the game. So like, how, like, idiot, go for it. You're not going to have yep. any fun playing our game. Yeah, you're going to get yourself killed. You're going to think you're good, but you suck. And then for the rest of the match, we're going to spawn you with one HP. Or if like, they like made it so when IQ goes invincible, they just spot her the whole time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you just spot it by the enemy. Yeah, That's that'd be great. Reddit outline of her body. That'd be fantastic. Uh, is there anything else from this next batch of fixes that was interesting? Um, no, that pretty much covers it. So there's, there is four in total patch notes, but the only ones that actually had stuff were the two that we went through. Um, there's some bug fixes in them that, and it's nothing, nothing big yet. So. Okay. You had a couple more notes, uh, voice chat finally fixed. Yeah. So in the original patch notes. They said that voice chat was, there was a voice chat bug where voice chat would sometimes not work and you couldn't see the mics on the scoreboard. <gasps> Apparently it's fixed. And I have not had a problem with it yet. So we will see if that is true. Awesome. I love it. Uh, what else did you have as a note? Um, one of the other things that we just, we mentioned in our last episode was the how the camera was blue. It had a blue light or whatever. Oh, yeah. We got the patch notes now, and all the defending cameras have blue lights, and attacking cameras have yellow lights. So the attacking drones are yellow now. It's kind of like a green-yellow, and every defending camera is blue. So it's kind of uniformity. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, it it just, uh, I guess, makes it... Because it it was getting difficult with, like, all the different kinds of cameras, and then, like, the hacked drones and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Whose side is this camera on? So yeah, it's, it's you, great. You, to just they be... were all different colors, right? Well, you had like the bulletproof cameras, Maestro and regular, that were red. But then you had the black, re- the blackery, <laughs> black guys that were blue. And then Mozzie's hack drone was blue, and the regular drones were red. Twitch's drone was red. It was red. What did it do for hacked cameras before? Nothing. Nothing. I think it was still red. But now hacked cameras are yellow. They'd be yellow if there's enemies on it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else from your little random notes? What about draws not working right? What the heck is that? Oh, yeah. So they talked about draws in the oh, game and yeah. how they wanted draws to work basically so it favored defending all the time. Because if you both die at the same time and everyone's dead, technically the objective was defended, right? Right. Like, no one else is going to come to attack it. Right. Um, but we I was playing a match on theme park in ranked and I. Kill, I technically killed them first. My name came up first on the kill feed. And you were attacking? And I was attacking, mm-hmm. and he was defending. But we both died. We both ended up dying. And the diffuser was not planted. The diffuser was not planted. 
and we won. So they should have won that, and the whole lobby agreed that we should not have won that round. I'm glad we did because we ended up winning the game because <laughs> of that, and it was close. But we shouldn't have won that round, and that was their whole point of doing it was so that defenders would win in that situation, which they should have won, right. but I still won somehow. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a draw, which it would have been in the past. It would have just been a draw for both of us. So, yeah, so each other. something changed, but not the right. Not right. Or, or at least, like... I don't, maybe it was just recognizing the kills, but yeah, the kill order, the objective or something. Reversed. But um, and then one note, like on the on the attacking side, if you have planted the diffuser and everybody and there's like a draw for the kills, then the attackers would win because technically the bomb would be diffused, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really awesome because like that it just puts even more emphasis on the objective itself and less on the killing. Um, so that's great. Uh, I also I had a random thought um as as we were playing the other day, like partly because of like warden and stuff um, is should now that we have pick and ban in, in ranked, would it be a good system to have like a mid match ban? So like, I don't know exactly when you would put it in. Maybe it's like, maybe it's between attacking and defending or something. Probably, probably the best place is like it going into overtime. Mm-hmm. If it like resets the bands and then you, and then you can like, do the bands again so that if like somebody's giving you a lot of trouble with echo and you didn't realize this was going to be a problem at the start of the game, you can go ban echo for overtime or something. You know what I mean? Or like, like if, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why warden made me think of this, but, or maybe it was more of a uh, nook. Like somebody's just like an, an amazing nook player or something. Then you could ban nook and, or something. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. would that be interesting at all? Would yeah, that be I good? think if in overtime, if you could change your original bands to yeah. be something else, yeah, that would be cool. You switch one, like yeah. so it you keeps the one. four, and then it gives each each team an opportunity to to sub out one band or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. It seems like it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be it put a hole in the, it would make it more competitive for sure. Like, yeah. what are we gonna do now? It's overtime three three. Because especially because like going into these ranked games, it's not like you have like scouting reports on this other team, right? You have no right. idea who they are, right? So you're you're basically banning either on like okay, I know that this operator is a problem on this map, or uh, like I specifically just don't like this operator. And, oh, it's the default fan bans most of the time. It's the Kavera Blitz ban, and Cavera, right? right. <laughs> it's and like attacks not, random. We're but... not banning Cavera necessarily for a strategic reason, as much as it's because she bugs us and we we don't. I mean, obviously, it's strategy, but like we don't want to have to think about the Cavera problem. Mm-hmm. But like we don't know if there's any Cavera players on the other team, or if like some of the other team turns out to be like amazing with Echo or Maestro right. or whoever else, right. you know. So I think that'd be interesting. I guess Blitz's attack. I said the attack would be random, but just the other two are. I guess it's usually Cavera and Echo, and Blitz most of the time, and then the last attacking is random. Yeah. Sometimes people still pick Lion. But it's like why? Like it just because it does not bug me at all anymore. No. Like yeah, he's fine. Don't care at all about lion. It's just a default ban at this point. Yeah. Oh, one also random note on like the attacking and defending, or just on bans, I guess. Somebody posted like a a really interesting like chart to Reddit about like each map and which operators are like the most impactful on that map or like the strongest on that map. And I don't know where their data came from. Like, I don't know if this is like from pro league or just mm-hmm. like based on their impressions or what, but it was really interesting that like they went down each map and they're like, okay, on this map, like Mira and Jaeger and I don't know whoever else like are super impactful. So you should ban these people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that also means you don't get to play them. Right. But like, but if it's a problem for you or if you, if your squad doesn't have a good mirror player, you know, mm-hmm. then like, yeah, let's get rid of mirror here. Uh, and what was also interesting was like, he said, echo and maestro are good on every, every map. So like, that's like a worthwhile ban on every single map, which is true. Maestro is really, really good. And so is echo, uh, especially for bomb. Right. Yeah. But, uh, so I'll try to find that and we can link to it on in the show notes if you're interested. Um, but yeah, that was uh, good on that person who did that. Uh, okay. Let's get into listener questions. Yeah. Um, so you can always send in your questions for the podcast and we will talk about them. There are two places you can do that. One is on Twitter at r 6 unrenowned. And the second one is in our beautiful, wonderful Discord server for the unrenowned community, which has how many people now? A 257. Lot. Oh, man. We're pushing 300, guys. Get in here. Get in here if you're not in here already. Also, Chris is making some amazing updates to our Discord server, which is making it even cooler. Chris, what did you do? Yeah. So Discord now is cool. I mean, it was cool before because we were there. <laughs> but now it's better because... <laughs> You have, first of all, I'm dying laughing at how stupid that was. Ryan doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> We're not cool. Truth. Nobody cares about us. Uh, so there's a rule assignment channel now, so you can click certain rules, and there will probably be rules in the future that are different. But right now we have an Xbox, PC, and PS4 role that people can ping you on a certain console if you want to be pinged about if they're playing Siege. So if you're playing Siege and you want to be pinged if you're a pc player if other people are playing on pc you can assign that role to yourself and anyone can ping siege pc players and you'll be pinging like hey people are looking for team on pc because we're not going to give everybody the at everyone command obviously yeah so now people have an opportunity to ping other players on certain platforms in the future we might have like a halo role or a rocket league role um when halo comes out on pc that's definitely going to be a thing yeah um like it Discord has a really weird problem where like here the the at everyone and at here are the same permission. So like it would be really nice to be able to just say let people tag at here like in the LFG channels or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they can just tag people who are online cuz obviously I don't want somebody pushing uh push notifications to 300 people's yeah. phones like every time that they want to play, right? That would just make people quit our server faster than you could even measure. Yep. Uh, but so this, this sort of solves that problem where, you know, if you're, if you're interested in like being tagged when people are playing so you can hop on or whatever, you know, just subscribe to this at siege fanatics PC by reacting to the post. And then there you go. People tag at siege fanatics PC and you get a little ping. Yeah. Um, furthermore, it gets better. There is now a leveling system in the discord. Yeah. We gamified it. Yeah, if you're participating in the Discord and chatting, and spamming doesn't work, by the way, because whoever made the plugin's good, um, you can chat, and then you level up with this level up bot, and once you get to level 5, you get the unrenowned active role, and you appear separate from everybody else that's just online on the sidebar. Yeah. And there's more. I feel there's like There's more. <laughs> what? Who is but it? There's... wait. There's one that just keeps going. It's like, okay, shut up. Like It's like every infomercial I'm gonna, ever. I'm going to stop watching my TV show because of that ad. Yeah. I, and I'm going to write the TV show and say, don't ever play this ad in your show again because I stopped watching it. Um, Yeah, so there's more. If you have six, and this is starting now, if you get six questions into the podcast that we ask, and we'll manually keep track of this, then we will assign you a role called Podcast Questionnaire, and you will appear separately from everybody else on the Discord server. 
Pretty Set cool. Six questions, making it into the podcast that we answer, and we don't answer every question. So putting in random questions probably might not do you good unless they're good questions. Yeah, we so. pick out the interesting ones that are going to spawn good discussion, or at least as good as we're capable of having. Yeah. So that's the Discord for you. Also, yeah, so if you're not in there yet, get in there. Yeah. What are you and, doing? And come on, I like you have been listening to this for 38 episodes. I assume. If not, you need to go back and listen to all 38. And then... <laughs> or the last 37, at least. <laughs> yes. Then you need to go join the Discord server and uh, level it up. Yeah. Level five. Level five. Right before we get into questions, there's an interesting in- infographic that was released by SiegeGG with the Season 9 Pro League Finals. Mm-hmm. Basically just showing like the maps that are played and the operator presence on the map. So it's, this is interesting. So I'll talk about the operator statistics first. So operator presence percent is basically if they were banned in that match, they got a presence like point mm-hmm. or if they were picked, they got like percentage of presence in the game. Thatcher has the top percent, the presence percent. And this is P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not like gifts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher sends out a lot of presence. Thatcher very has the guy. highest presence percent on attacking in Pro League. Interesting. And right below him, Capitao. My guys. Yep. My Ryan's guys. two what main you know? players. Um, Fuse, 0% presence. So he was never picked nor banned. Wow. Um, along there on the bottom, Blitz was banned a couple of times. Never, doesn't look like he was ever picked. And I never picked. Um, Duck, we think, a Blackbeard, all very low. So, interesting. On yeah. defense. That actually doesn't surprise me that much with Thatcher. Like, I probably would have guessed Thermite would have been the top just because mm-hmm. he's so essential for breaching stuff. But, like, Thatcher's... Like, his ability is always useful. Every single round. Like, I've never been in a round and been like, oh, I wish I didn't have my EMP. Like, I wish I had something besides my EMPs. You know, Mm -hmm. like, EMPs always help. Always. Also, Nomad was banned almost 50% of the time. Wow. So, it shows, like, Pro League players, they don't really want to play against things that they don't know very well yet. Right. She's been out for a season now, so they kind of understand her. But they're still like unsure how the other team's gonna use her. And so right. they're just people are just banning her. And she was only picked five point seven percent of the time when she wasn't banned. But it's like it just shows Pro League doesn't want to play things that they don't know. And right. the same in ranked play. Like we don't want to play the operators are fine, obviously, but we don't want to play these new maps that we don't know yet. Like, mm-hmm. don't do that to us. Don't throw this random map in here and say, Hey, play competitively. Like, yeah, no. it's true. What do you mean? It's a good point. Like like again, I come back to like real sports because there's such a good example for competition, obviously. Like they don't just like say, oh, uh, we're introducing a third hoop in basketball and mm-hmm. we're just going to see what happens. Like, I mean, that's, that's not a thing. Like you just, you don't like shake up this thing. That's like, that's ultra competitive. Like, unless there's a good reason for it. Right. Like do you have to have like data and all this stuff? And like, there's a reason that we're changing this thing. You don't just like throw new stuff at it and just like make people unable and obviously it's different because you're trying to keep people playing right like it's not it's not a an a sport or whatever but mm-hmm. i like i just think it's better for competition to be a little more stable right defense who do you want to guess there's there's six that are really stand out than everybody else who do you want to guess is the um, highest presence percent let me pull up my list of defenders give me just a second i'm going to the siege wiki Okay, I'm looking at my defenders here. I'm going to say Jaeger. Okay, yeah. It's one of the standouts. Never banned. Never banned, but picked 88.5% of the time. Believe it. Valkyrie? Valkyrie, yes. Valkyrie was banned 27.6% of the time and picked 44.8%. So 79.7. Mira? Mira? 
99.5% presence. Ooh. Banned 87.5% of the time. Wow. Maestro? Maestro is correct. 60.4% he was picked and banned 7.3%. So he's number six on the presence. Echo? Yep. 99.5% presence as well. Lesion. Close. Oh. Lesion was never banned, but picked 40.6% of the time. Okay, so there's one more who's a major presence. There's one more major presence. Mm, is it an original op? It is. Doc. Smoke. Smoke. Never banned, but picked 76% of the time. Five out of six is not bad. That's not bad at all. And Smoke is, uh, especially in that pro league level, they are very good at using him to deny plants in the in the default plant spots. Our problem in gold, right, like, there's, yes, default plant spots, but they're not always used. Whereas in when you're playing bank basement in pro league, the default plant spot every single time is the same reinforcement, the same, like barely in the room, planting it on the edge every time. And so if it gets down to 45 seconds, they got smoke way back, like behind the mirror window and behind like the open wall right there. And he's tossing smokes to the perfect angle every 10 seconds and stopping the plant. Mm -hmm. And it's like in pro league, when the default plant spots are the same every single time, which kind of makes it fun. Smoke is all of a sudden very good. Yeah. Like very, very good at denying plants in the last 45 seconds of the game. Yeah. I underestimated that because smoke is not that good at our level. Nope. He's not. Um, there's no other, they, they have some of the maps here and like what was banned, what wasn't banned. Um, Villa was never played. It was banned six times and never played. So there's a couple of times that it, how did they do uh, map selection? So each team, I, I could have this partially wrong. Each team bans one. And then, so wait, they have a list of all the maps in Pro League? Uh huh. Okay. Each team bans one, each team picks one, and then the last one is the decider. Okay. So you'll play the two maps that. Hold on. Seven. So I guess there's. I don't really, I know each team bans one, and each team picks one. And then is it like a counter pick scenario after that or something? I don't know. I really don't know how it works, I guess. Okay. Anyway, they ban maps and pick maps, and then there's one with the decider. But, yeah, that's basically the only interesting thing in the maps is Villa was banned six times, and it was never actually played. So some of the mat- matches, it could have been, like, one of the decider ones, and it just it never got there mm-hmm. to that point. Um, this is actually interesting. Consulate, Lobby, and Piano was actually played 100% of the time. Uh, on Consulate? Yeah. Which is really? that main floor objective, yeah. That you're, and Tellers and Archives was never picked. So Pro League apparently thinks Tellers and Archives sucks, but they like the Lobby and Piano objective. Interesting, because I always have such a hard time there. Yeah, it was always picked along with Garage. Well, I guess it is. It's. I feel like it's easier to defend than attack, so maybe that's mm-hmm. that's why. Um, but I do feel like it's, it is hard to defend still because there's just so many angles. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's really hard to hold that main lobby. But if you're better than me, then maybe it's not that hard. Also, okay, let me give a little random note. Like, I'm I'm going to uh, try to redeem ourselves a little bit here. Like, or I guess back up our gamer cred or whatever. Like, it's not that we're really bad at games. Like, we like we always joke about not being that good at Rainbow Six, and mm-hmm. we're like, I'm not saying that we're like amazing at it or anything, but like like we said a few times, I think we could easily be platinum players if we had like a solid team that we played with regularly, and just like as proof of that we're pushing diamond and rocket league right now. Like we're just like right there at plat three. We're like, we're probably a, a like eight to 10 game win streak away from, 
from being diamond. Like we could do that. Like if, if I, and this is with like zero, like hardcore practice of rocket league, Mm -hmm. at least on my part. Like it's just straight up from just from playing rocket league a lot and just like having good game sense and stuff. And like my technical skill is not that great compared to a lot of the players at my level, but just like having good game sense and good teamwork. And it's because our team is you and me and it's doubles. So like there's no like external factors coming in. Yeah. And like we're in control of everything. So I think like if we had that solid siege team, we could be good. So yeah, we're sticking with Unrenowned as the podcast name because, I mean, let's face it, we're not diamond players or whatever or platinum, but like, come on, we can be good at games. So yeah. just, I'm just, just saying, just saying. When it, when it comes to Halo, we are the best. Oh, we literally the best. dominate. Like we are literally the best. Halo. It's not a joke. It's not like, I mean, we're not going to beat the pro players, obviously. But, but you, you put, Halo us, one, you put us up against any randomly matched Halo 1 like game and we dominate and that's with two randos on our team who typically have no idea what they're doing <laughs> yes we are good at games um we're, we're okay at games chris is good enough at siege that he's invited to go to e3 as a star player for ubisoft <laughs> this is true this was a whole different time for siege all i gotta say okay this is not technically a question but we got some really interesting information from one of our discord users um so his name is n41 whiskey mike so thank you for saying this thing because this is like awesome so he was just saying, hey, guys, I just picked up Siege and listened to a number of your episodes during some extended Memorial Day weekend driving. So number one, thanks for listening. And number two, congrats on picking up Siege because Siege is so fun. Well, I'm totally new to Siege. I have a bit of background in quantitative finance, statistics, and machine learning slash AI. So this is a smart guy. So it's a really long post, and you can read it in the podcast feedback and discussion channel in the Discord if you want to. But just in general, he was talking about like how we had mentioned that it was kind of crazy how an operator like Frost, for example, bounces from like negative three percent wind delta to plus three percent wind delta from season to season Mm -hmm. where like no significant changes happened and how like that's really really weird we were trying to figure out how that could happen so he just pointed out sort of the statistics behind it and like because uh we're only sampling platinum and diamond play and we're and frost has a low pick rate that means that her the sample size is probably fairly small um, and because of that, like with a sample size so small, like, yeah, you can see a lot of variance um, from time period to time period because you just don't have enough samples to hit that, like, quote unquote, true uh, value of where it really should be. Right. Because statistics is all about, like, sort of drawing conclusions based on a large amount of data and being able to say, like, OK, because we have so much data, we can guess with so much certainty that this like this is what will happen or this is like the true measurement of this thing or whatever like that. Right. So like that was a really, really good um, point. And like, you should read his whole post in, again, it's in podcast feedback and discussion in the discord server. It's really interesting. Um, But also it's sort of pointed out that like, that almost means that it's impossible to, or like at least really difficult to find operators that are truly underpowered because like if be like and you see this in the charts right that like it's really really tall mm-hmm. um on the left end where it's like the lower picked operators have a large variance in how much they win or lose and then once you get toward like the right side they all start to sort of converge towards zero even if some are slightly above and some are slightly below they're all sort of converging on that middle point right um so it, it just makes it seem like it's almost impossible to find the ones who truly are underpowered because obviously if they're not very good people will pick them less which means that like they're always going to be at that lower end of the spectrum where you can't really trust the data that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if you're getting the same data that's like very like outlier season to season, such as like Clash, Tachanka, and Castle, 
like they're consistently way below everybody else. So it's like, okay, yeah, we have a large enough sample size to say that these guys probably are underpowered, but there's other operators in there. Like somebody like a Finca who's not picked that often, but she wins like a ton. It's like, is she actually that good? Yeah. Or is it just that like number the sample one size is just too small. You can't really trust right. it. And there's so few players that play her that like they know how to play her well or mm-hmm. something, you know, like it's just, it's hard to, to say, but anyway, that was just like a really interesting stuff maybe you didn't think that was interesting at all I no, just, like, yeah, it's, it's a really good point um i also hope that you typed this out on a computer because this looks like it would be really hard and long to type out on oh, phone. seriously i <laughs> i think he probably did because it was it's a it's like a little mini essay but it's yeah. very interesting very well done and it's interesting thank yeah. you so podcast feedback and discussion if you want to see that in the discord server uh okay let's... also thank you for the good grammar i appreciate good grammar let's it was uh... all perfect Let's hit this one uh, question, or I guess not really a question, but comment we got on Twitter, and then we'll hop into the Discord questions. So at Hey Mythic said, "Hey guys, I love the show. I've been listening to the old podcast to see what you guys had to say earlier, what you thought needed fixed then, and so on. Just listened to number six, which is our uh, Operator Ideas episode, and found it funny. One of you said Warden would be a cool name for an operator. <laughs> Keep it up. Oh, so, yeah. did really? Oh yeah. Remember? So our idea for Warden." was or is my idea was the guy who would have like a chain net that he would put up right. on the windows and when you came through it would like drop on you or whatever right. which i still think is a really cool idea but yeah warden is a great operator name. okay I think so, it's I the don't best one. so they got the name how did they change chain i i got it i got it okay they okay. were trying to do jaeger right that's at first what they were doing they were doing jaeger so they're they're putting these chain things up on the windows thinking okay well, someone throws something through the window it's gonna hit the chain thing like oh let's play with this and they ended up with warden they kept the name they changed the ability a little bit this is it's I'm sure. PP, guys i'm sure it, it, amazing Unbelievable. Let's, let's, let's just go with like they listened to the thing and they said hey yeah warden is a cool name let's use that for our guy okay sure okay <laughs> right before we hop into the discord questions uh-huh. one thing we forgot to mention they took away kaid's barbed wire Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, they gave which him, is very stupid. Uh huh. They gave him C four instead, so he has a nitro cell and impact grenades. No barbed wire. Okay, it, it was. Wait, the, he doesn't have a deployable shield either. No, it was the one reason that I picked Kaid was because you could put barbed wire down and electrify, and then kind of like electrify it on the side, and it was actually really good. Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was at least a good way to stop. Drones. It did something. Yeah, and and it would. It, I I assume it would at least cause people to to. Think, think twice going about, over there. Yeah. It was really good when, so before with Kaid, when he first came out, if you meleeed his electrified barbed wire, this is also when he had three artillas, it would give you 15 damage if you meleeed it. So you could either walk mm. through it or melee it, and each melee was 15 damage. And it was like, it was it was a big deal. So that seems a ne- little strong, but I, but like I would be in favor of like eight damage or something yeah. per melee. Right. It was using like barbed wire was really great with him and then it got worse but still kind of good and i just took it away yeah that's so I'm like that seems very huh? odd did they did they switch anybody else's uh stuff to balance i don't that? know i don't know but i just know kaid's gun okay um yeah and like it seems like what they're trying to do is like give him sort of a buff right so that he, people will pick him by giving him nitro yeah uh but i mean come on like if you can't make that give him piece the third interesting, claw back or or something else, because if you can't make it interesting for him to electrify barbed wire, that's the, kind of the whole point. Yeah. Um, like I actually when it, like I kept trying to make this work, and I think it could work if I knew the maps better. But like what I was trying to do is like put barbed wire in an important doorway or something, and then go underneath mm-hmm. and electrify electrify it through the floor. Yeah. 
so that they basically couldn't get the Artilla unless they were Thatcher. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I couldn't really make it work because I didn't know the maps well enough. So I'd have to like try to ping it and find it from below. And like very often I wouldn't get quite the right spot and I would only get one of the two barbed wires or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, I think that could be good. Uh, and like, if you can't make something like that good with an operator like Kaid, then you are doing it very wrong because that's kind of his whole thing. So you're yeah. sort of admitting that his his ability is underwhelming at that point. He's another artilla and needs this barbed wire back. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, let's hop into the questions from the Discord. Um, I forgot to mention, if you want to join the Discord, the way you can do that is find the link in the show notes, or you can also find it on our Twitter profile that is at r6unrenowned. Did not say that already? I don't think I did. Yeah. I mean, I told everybody to join, and then I didn't tell them how. Okay, well, that's how. So we need to set up like a, a forwarding URL for that or something. Uh, actually, somebody asked, I don't see that question here, but somebody asked something about like if we ever thought about putting up a website for Unrenowned. Did oh, you see that? So we do kind of have plans to do that because we've talked about before how the wiki is really good and it has a lot of good stuff, but we want more statistics and more stuff. And you know what? Chris isn't in school right now, so I just found a great project for me to work on. Oh, great. Yeah, we have uh, lots of big plans for a website. It's just a matter of, like, if ever finding time to do it. So yeah. it's something we want to do. I don't have any promises on a timeline. Like, it could never happen, but uh, we definitely would like to do that. Yeah. Um. So there's the answer to that. I forgot who asked that. Okay, and our first official question, finally, 20 minutes later. Uh, six eyes wants to know possible operator idea Viper three speed attacker defender. He has a pistol that shoots special poison darts one to three per round that cause one damage per second until the operator is downed very slow. So only overpowered at the very start of a round and against enemies with high health, uh, can be countered by doc and Finca. Other possible limitations include not having it be a weapon, but possibly a throwable trap or adjusting the damage numbers. Remind me to tell you about my fuse buff idea in a second. Okay. So, Six eyes. Here's the problem with Viper is that if you can shoot them, then why would you not shoot them with the bullet and yeah. probably get the kill? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a problem. So it has to be some sort of area of effect or trap. That's thing. what I'm thinking. What if it's some like area of effect blow dart thing? Not blow dart, I guess, but you shoot this needle and it just kind of explodes in the area mm-hmm. and you get poisoned by it. But yeah. there has to be some way to cleanse yourself, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. If it's going to be... Yeah, I, I think if it was a static trap, then it could be something that you couldn't cleanse from besides okay, like, yeah. through a dock or something. Yep. If it's something that you can like see somebody and shoot an area of effect thing right at them, then that seems a little too overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this idea of just like taking slow damage over time. So it forces you to like try to speed up the round basically, right? Yeah. Like you are running out of time. Time is now against you. Uh, so you have to somehow do that. I think it's better like it it makes more sense as a defender gadget like at at first glance Mm -hmm. but i like it as an attacker gadget because time is normally on the defender side so it'd be an interesting way to flip that where once you hit that poison now time is against you and so you're trying to like force something yeah it is interesting you know what i mean i'm a dying man yeah (laughs) right because it's like you're at that point it's like okay i can i can wait like a minute but after that, it's like, I'm so low on health. I Like, if I'm going to make an impact in this round, I have to go do something. Right? That is interesting. How would you do that? As Like, how would you make an attacker have this thing? Is it just like a like a sort of a gridlock or nomad thing where you just put it behind you and, like, wait for somebody to hit it? Can you launch it? Or what if it's a drone? Ooh. What if it's its own? We talked about, oh, they need to do this. They need the drone that you can hop up on a reinforced wall. But what if you have a drone that carries its, like, 
poison dart, or it's just a self-destructing poison gas cloud drone. Mm-hmm. So you drive it into someone, you like jump it towards them, you explode it, and like explodes in their face. Well, again, I don't like it as an active thing that you can control. Okay, so you want it like I, I think it has to be something okay. that, that somebody could see it and that they have the opportunity to kill it before okay. it hurts them. Okay, I, because I feel otherwise, you, now. you know what I mean. Like you just drive mm-hmm. it at the start of the round and like free kill in a minute and a half. Right. Good. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I, um, I like the idea of a drone. That what if it's like a little spider drone, which was great because it's poison and it can like crawl mm, up yes. walls and get on the ceiling and like once you plant it, it's stuck there and it won't move. Okay, I like that. And you then can't it has detonate like, it. You have to plant it. When no, it, you plant it, and it's like proximity based, and it has yeah. like flashing light. I like that. It's basically like an, an air jab. Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, that would be cool. It would be cool. I like that. Speaking of spiders, I had a black widow on my leg earlier. Cool. This week. It was. I didn't even notice. Actually, I just I knew there was something on my leg, and I wiped it off. And then, like a minute later, my mom was like, "Oh, I just vacuumed for black widow," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it was on my that leg. was on my leg." So my fuse buff idea. Yes, tell me. You know how fuse, like, his problem really is, like, you're either, you have the free fuses, which is, like, the trap doors. The problem is that he's fat. Yeah. (laughs) You get the trap doors that you can get that are, like, sometimes you get shot doing that. Right. Or the castle barricades are really the safest, like, come here, fuse, and fuse me, please. So, you got those. But, like, really the problem is, like, putting it anywhere, you're getting shot while you're doing it, you're making tons of noise, everybody can hear you, and... They're gone by the time it goes off. Yeah. What if he had like kind of like a launcher, like a Ash or a Zofia? Yeah. Like he would launch his cluster charge at something, mm-hmm. so he could launch it from, I guess theoretically spawn onto the barricade. Or no, you think you can make the range, so you can't do that. Yeah. So it drops or whatever. But you know what? It could be like a in Starcraft, the ghosts how they have to do the nuke. They like sit there for a second and like have to hold it for like okay. They hold it for way too long. That fuse shouldn't do that. Sure, long, but. They have to hold it on something and then finally it like launches and mm-hmm. gets its target. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if you could do that. So you yeah. could like Some shoot sort it of at something. Deployment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. And you don't have to like, I don't know. Anyway, I, I dreamt about that. <laughs> I dreamt about that. I really did. So <laughs> Awesome. Uh, have you ever talked about your, uh, your wisdom teeth thing mm. on the podcast? No. So Chris has this amazing video on his YouTube channel of when he got his wisdom teeth pulled out. This was like probably six months after Siege had come out or something. It was like really recent, right? Yes. And so he's drugged up and like he's, he starts explaining to our mom how uh, Montaigne works. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. You have to, oh my gosh, I'm dying here. You have to post that link. Uh, you should post it after, after this episode goes up, post that link in the Discord server so everybody can see it. Okay. Oh, man. It's very funny. It is funny. It's good. All right. Let's get to the next question. Next question is from our lovely friend Enigma. He says, I was just thinking about Ghost Recon, how they did a Kavera story in their game. I thought it was cool, and I really enjoyed the crossover. So how do you guys feel about a crossover operator in Siege, like a Splinter Cell agent or even Sam Fisher himself? I think it would work especially well if they were to release a new Splinter Cell game. That would cause some traffic to buy the game and popular character in Siege. I know I lost interest in Ghost Recon until I heard that they did that, so at least it worked on me. Yeah, I think it's it's a good thing to do these crossovers. Like and that's good in all games, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it gets more people interested. Like in Smash Bros. Like more people got interested when Cloud was added to Smash Bros., right? Yeah. Like that's a thing. Uh same with what's that fighting game that always does the crossovers? Mortal Kombat? Um no, Soul Calibur. Oh, 
Like when yes. Link was in Soul Calibur, I'm pretty yeah. sure I bought Soul Calibur for the GameCube because Link was in it. And like, I don't like fighting games, <laughs> but like it was, it was cool to and then Smash. play Link. Right. Which is hardly a fighting game. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good thing. I wouldn't do Sam Fisher himself because I think that's like a little too on the nose sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really cool to have, I forget what that, that like division or organization is called, uh, but it would be really cool to have a Sam Fisher like uh agency yes guy agent yeah yeah i agree yes please what is that it's like it starts with an e it's like x x x if you said it, i might know it but i'll never get there yeah i don't know uh i will look it up as we read this next question okay next question is from ranger havney is it just me or does some is or does combining warden and yeager seem useless i'm just saying because i feel like based on loadouts i would pick yeager every time and though he lost the acog even though he lost the acog i understand that warden's stuff helps for smokes but flashes don't really matter at all if yeager's around third echelon third echelon echelon third echelon yeah i never would have gotten there no. all right uh what do you think i mean Yes, yes, like yes and no. The good thing about him is they can still throw the smoke and they feel safe going through it. Yeah. But you can kill them while they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Jaeger's things are in a location, right? And it's like, Warden, you can be anywhere you want and you still have your ability. So, right. yeah, Jaeger is more powerful in the fact of like stopping it and it stops against the whole entire team. But Warden's more powerful in that if someone thinks he's blind and he's really not blind, like then they're in trouble and then you get a free kill. Yeah. Warden is more spiffy. So that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. Like I think overall Jaeger is more useful because it helps the whole team for one thing. And also he's faster and he has better guns. So like, I think overall Jaeger is a better operator. Mm -hmm. However, Warden is going to stop a glass much better than Jaeger will. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that is where Warden's going to shine. Although the other thing too with Glass now, like with the Glass nerf, with the scope not working when he moves and stuff, like maybe we're not going to see Glass doing the kind of stuff that he does now. So it may not even be... by Warden if he does. Right. It, it's kind of like a hard problem because like if you made Warden more like Jaeger, because they talked about how they were trying to get like a, basically another Jaeger in, mm-hmm. like what do you do if you essentially now have six ADSs on defense, yeah. right? Like that doesn't seem like it's going to work. No. So it's sort of a hard problem to solve. Like, I feel like you can't really have a second version of Jaeger. Would it, would it be interesting to have like alternate versions of the gadget per operator? So like if Jaeger could choose to have three ADSs as he has now, Hmm. or four ADSs that only have two zaps. Interesting. Or something. So kind of like a secondary gadget, they can choose between a flashbang and this. Primary gadget is Twitch. Yeah, it's like variant A, variant between, I want two drones with five each, or I want one drone with 15. Yeah. Huh. That would be cool. That is interesting. Um, Thermite. I want two exothermic chargers or one big mother hole. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could do something funny? Thatcher either gets his three MPs or just a giant one that kills everything on the map, on the including map. attackers yes. stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like, obviously, that's that perfectly balanced. Work, but, uh, lion, either old lion or new lion? Yeah. Wow. We should yeah. be on the balancing team. We should. Why aren't we? Why haven't they called us well, yet? Well, we don't live in Montreal. Have we been forwarding these to 
the uh, Ubisoft team? No. I thought that was the whole idea. Well, I mean, they listened to it already. I'll I'll put the I'll put every episode on a flash drive and send it in. <laughs> a CD? Should we do CD? A CD. Vinyl? Cassette tape. Vinyl. Vinyl. Okay. We're going to put every episode on a vinyl. It'll take like Separate. 1,700 vinyls or something. <laughs> How long is it? Like a vinyl record is like an hour at most or something? I don't know. Less, maybe? I don't know if the well, technology is different I now. guess only whole albums aren't that long. I mean, albums used to be really short. They used to be like four or five tracks. Good point. How, I mean, maybe the technology's been updated. 22 minutes of music per side. All right. So we've got, although we don't have to have a stereo. So does that give us double our vinyl what stereo? All right. Well, <laughs> I'll make sure to do this. Send them it. How funny would that be if we just send them a collection of vinyl records with the internet podcast, all 38 episodes. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> really funny. Up. Be like, senpai, please notice me. Next question. Jukus wants to know, what is your best or favorite dad joke? I'm expecting great things from Matt Fiasco. Uh, hopefully I don't disappoint you. This is my favorite dad joke, and it's gaming related. What kind of overalls does Mario wear? Denim, 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 denim. <laughs> uh, that's a good one, right? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. good. Come on. That's pretty good. I don't know. Do you have a good dad joke? I really don't, but I would say that our dad has some really good dad oh, jokes. Oh, he's the master. He doesn't tell, like, jokes, but it's just, like, random things that happen. There's a dad joke that comes out of it. Like, uh, <laughs> this is the one I always remember. We we were, like, on vacation or something, and we were going out to eat lunch or something, and one of my sisters tripped and, like, fell into a bush as we were, like, walking into Panda Express or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just right on cue, my dad goes, wow, that was a real face plant. <laughs> it was very funny. There was another time we were at Walmart. <laughs> and like they somehow they charge him like 15 cents extra for something and he didn't he didn't care it wasn't a big deal and we're walking out my sister's like wait they charge you 15 cents extra and he's like yeah he's like it's okay i'll just take a stick of gum on way out next time <laughs> well that's not funny. much of a dad joke but but it's funny it was funny it's dad funny all right give us the next one our next question is from steel switch question at fiasco how do you introduce your kids to gaming if you haven't already? My five-year-old is all over Minecraft and on Rush PS4 by himself, thinking about something else we can both and can enjoy together, but trying to keep it very tame and mild. I think I am leading to a side-scroll Contra-like game without guns where we can both play, but not sure if I can find one or if one exists. Yeah, so I haven't really thought about it too much. My oldest kid is two, so he's too young to even understand how it works. But, like, we're careful with what we let him, like, watch me play so like really the only stuff i'll play when he's awake or around is like rocket league maybe like melee mm-hmm. um so so or like satisfactory is another good one um so obviously like you want to be careful with the kinds of stuff i like i don't i don't think i have like a plan for it i think it's going to be pretty natural just like introducing yeah. him to games i think one thing you would want to do is like lean toward nintendo like get a nintendo switch if you don't have one i think that's going to be where you're going to find the most stuff um I think a really good like side scrolling platformer that I would do is Explosion Man. Oh yeah. Xbox 360. It's, it might be on PC as well, I'm not sure. I think I and I think they ported it to Xbox 1 or it's at least backward compatible. So Explosion Man is really really good. Um it might be too complicated for a 5-year-old actually. Mm-hmm. Rayman Legends is probably a good one. 
Um, but like, there's lots of like side-scrolling platformers that are probably safe. Minecraft also is great. Yeah, I mean, just let them keep playing Minecraft. Minecraft's such a good game. Like, it's hard to play on console though. Like, I I can't play it on console. But like, I could play with my seven-year-old nieces and nephews if they were playing Minecraft on computer with me. I could play with them easy. Like, I could have I could have fun. So, yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, I mean, like. And the thing about like little kids is they'll play the same game for the longest time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I guess I do that too, but uh, I, I just remember like growing up, like it was it was a matter of how many games you had, and so like you just didn't have money for games, obviously, and so you just sort of played whatever you had. Like I remember playing so much Diddy Kong Racing, uh, but yeah, oh, that's another good one. Kart racers, kart racers are great for yeah. kids. Mario Kart, yeah, do that. Another, uh, you remember that question that we were asked a long time ago about what game has influenced your childhood? Yes. Give me another one. Starcraft. Did we not say Starcraft? I don't think so. If we didn't, Starcraft and also Age of Empires 2. Age of Empires 2. Age of Empires 2 taught me most of what I know about European history. Kind of Battle for Middle Earth. Eh. For me, at least. I I loved RTS games when I was younger. I just loved the idea of like having a huge army and like controlling it. Yeah. It's just so much fun. It is fun. It's a weird thing that like it sort of faded. I think like as I realized how complicated and complex they actually are. Yeah. And then like I'm not at all good at them. Like they became nope. suddenly let much less enchanting. Yeah. Like I do not like playing where it's like it's very you have to go super super fast and like it's not just about the biggest army. It's about having the right units and the right like. And then it ratio. becomes all about like this micro of like oh here's this magic unit that does this special thing that kills your whole army. And it's mm-hmm. like okay this is not fun. Like I I had a like. 20 battle cruisers and you kill me all with a high templar it's like that's not cool yeah that's not fun uh but yeah like comp stomps are like the funnest way to play those or just like the old fastest maps on starcraft mm-hmm. so fun. Okay, yes back to questions tl bear uh said after listening to the podcast and hearing the question from steel switch a question came to mind do you guys think a battle pass uh like the rocket pass and rocket league could work in siege so somebody actually asked this a while ago about uh Fortnite's battle pass i think but we didn't really understand what the battle pass was do you you understand them better now yes so 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 for people who don't know uh basically it's like seasonal or it's like however i don't know it depends on the game however often they like refresh it but like there's a certain period of time where you're on this like leveling up track right Mm -hmm. and so everybody starts at zero and then like as you play and like earn points or tokens or experience or whatever you level up and like at at each like landmark of a level you receive an item so like at level one you might receive let's go with let's go with siege as the example at level one you might receive like a a universal weapon skin or something and then you'll receive your next reward at level seven or something and it goes on to like 90 levels or something and and if you play enough then you can unlock every single tier and get stuff and and obviously the farther up you go you get start getting better and better stuff so you mm-hmm. might get like a really cool exclusive skin or charm or something like that right and then the way they make money on it is that you pay for the battle pass and that unlocks like a second tier so like maybe with the the original one you'll unlock something at 1 at 7 at 15 whereas with the other one you'll unlock something at every single level or like maybe every two or three levels or mm-hmm. something um, and then on top of that, usually you will level up faster if you've played paid for the battle pass. Yeah. So it's actually a really cool system. I feel like for earning cosmetics and like having like, um, 
like unique cosmetics that you earn based on playing more or they could even do it hopefully by like doing cool challenges like get so many sledgehammer kills this yeah. season and you get this or whatever yes um give me a challenge but so so here's what, like how I think it works number 1 in rocket league it works because they didn't mess at all with the existing unlocks so like without even paying any attention to the rocket pass i'm earning cosmetics that i would earn before the rocket pass was introduced right and then this is just like an extra on top thing where I'm earning more stuff. And like, if, if I care, like, and they'll let you preview what's up ahead. Right. So if I care about something coming up ahead, then I'll put more time into the game. So mm-hmm. I think that's super cool. I think that that's number one is you have to do that. And then two, you just have to make it fair and balanced as far as like how much you pay versus what that actually gets you and not make it feel like a super boring grind. Yes. But I mean, do you have any thoughts on it? Like, do you think it's good in siege? I think it would be good in siege. I think they could definitely implement it. For sure, and I also think along with it, weekly challenges that yes. are good. I, yeah, I would way like better challenges, but um, but yeah, I, th- I think this would actually work really, really well, mm-hmm. especially now that like Siege has so many different cosmetics and stuff. It'd be cool to put stuff on there that it was like seasonal that doesn't exist anymore, and you could somehow get it or whatever. But yeah, yes. Next, Next question is from Hold Fast Blackhawk. He says, "Just wondering, do you guys earn money of making the podcast? Also, how do you record them? Do you have a recording room?" And then plus some respect from your boys from Australia. Well, thank you. And so we're, we're going to get a little uh, inside baseball here on the podcast. So if you're not interested in that, feel free to tune out. Don't forget to follow us on all the respective things and join the Discord. But uh, Chris, tell us about the podcast. Yeah. So we have a room that we use for recording right now. It's in Ryan's house and it is just a guest room. But yeah, it's just a spare bedroom. Right now, we've got a table on it and the bed is like, on like against the wall so they yes. kind of have like a sound like um what's that it kind of catches the sound for us we have furniture in here dampener. that catches the sound yep um so that's our recording room that we use it is it is very low budget but uh yeah it, it works. works and like that's the thing about like podcasting youtube videos streaming like all of this stuff you don't really need that much like you, mm-hmm. you can start like if you if you're interested in doing something like that like just do it just do it with whatever you got yeah. and like if you like it, then like maybe invest a little bit into it. At least like, I mean, we have like $60 microphones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not amazing, but like, they're obviously also not just like our headset microphones. Right. Um, and we're just plugging straight into our computers and recording there. Like it's not some like elaborate scene. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, like just do it. Yeah. Um, as far as earning money on the podcast, we don't right now. We, that was never our intention. We made the podcast wasn't to make money. It was just to talk about siege. Oh, and because... we absolutely never thought we would have a big enough audience oh. that we ever could. Yeah, not at all. So if, if the time comes where we do make money, then awesome. If we could do the <laughs> podcast like that, that's fantastic. But right now we just do it because we can talk about siege and not have a subreddit that doesn't like discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was I literally mean... <laughs> the number one reason was because we couldn't discuss siege on the subreddit without it being downvoted because it wasn't someone's art. That was really like one of the driving forces, but like we're super lucky to have found like an amazing community who like people actually apparently care to listen to people talk about siege, Mm -hmm. even people that aren't like pro players or streamers or whatever. And so like, thank you guys for listening. And like, we love that we're at the point that we can actually start thinking about monetizing the podcast. And you know, if that can just fund like better equipment or like, uh, you know, fund our, uh, like a steam library or whatever, like that'd be sweet. Like we're not going to be making like hundreds of dollars or whatever, like every podcast, but yeah, it's something we, uh, have started thinking about. so anyway, that is probably more about the podcast than anybody wanted to know. 
But if you have questions that you would like to know, don't forget to ask us either on Twitter at r6unrenowned or on our Discord server. Uh, if you want to follow us individually, you can follow me on Twitch and YouTube. I actually have a new Twitch handle. So my YouTube is still VG Fiasco. My Twitch handle is now Ryguy. That's Rye with a W, so W-R-Y-G-U-Y. I just got it today. It became available. I had like a little alert set on it, and it became available, and I was like, yeah, that's a good one. Ryguy. Ryguy. So I always call Ryguy. Ryguy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just like a like nickname that probably everybody named Ryan has, but now it's um, it's a little Twitch channel. So there you go, Rye Guy. The Rye Guy. And I, I'm going to have to fix my YouTube because it's VG Fiasco, but we'll figure that out. And I am still just hello with three O's on both platforms. Yeah. Just hello. Don't forget to find Chris's uh, video of the dentist. It will be in Cigar Lounge. It will be. Once the episode comes out. <laughs> oh, my God. It's very great. It's so funny. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys. You're the best. Uh, and don't forget to uh, stay active in that Discord server so you can level up. Yeah. Just goodbye. Goodbye.